Welcome to Life Pairings, where two Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libation. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. And I'm Brittany Lysing. And, and this, this is Life Pairings. pairings. <laughs> because life is hard. So pair it with alcohol. Take that spicy tuna roll, lightly dip it into the soy sauce filled with wasabi that is actually not wasabi, and shove the whole thing in your mouth, as today's life pairing is sushi with sake. We'll be discussing consignment 3.1 million and mercury poisoning. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) You guys, we have a special guest uh, this week. I'm so pumped. Uh, your friend and mine, Yumi Nagashima, is here. What's up, Yumi? Yay, what up? <laughs> the world. Homies, this is Yumi Nagashima, joining from Vancouver, Canada, the city of snowflakes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Vancouver Soft. That's what Calgary calls Vancouver AIDS, Vancouver Soft. Oh, oh my God. I like it. Adorable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who don't know uh yumi she's pretty friggin awesome um you might have seen her on comedy central you might have seen her on just for laughs her and i have just done a few things together in the past year we just did the john door show and mm-hmm. uh the stand-up wa- new wave of stand-up comedy yeah um, plus bbc the gem the gem <laughs> yeah we're <laughs> Do you ever try to like? If you ever try to tell like somebody old like where to see you, they're like, "So are you on TV?" You're like, I'm "Sort of." Yeah, it's, it's a on the gym. Service, yeah. <laughs> they're like, "Huh?" And they're like, "Is it Netflix?" I'm like, "No." They're like, "Is it free?" I'm like, "Sometimes, yeah." <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Yumi is uh, now resides in Vancouver, British Columbia, but is originally from Tokyo, Japan. Japan. Is that That's true, fine. Yumi? It's Tokyo, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was yeah. born in Tokyo and raised in Saitama Prefecture, which is right next to Tokyo. So I say I am from Tokyo. Yeah, because it would be mm-hmm. like if you were like. People from Surrey just say they're from Vancouver. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Okay, yeah. cool. Like the <laughs> <town>. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, we decided to, um, Yumi and I were sitting uh, on a patio in Toronto um, in the middle of COVID last mm-hmm. year, about six months ago, and decided yeah. this would be like a really fun pairing to pair sushi and sake. Mm-hmm. So here we here we are, and now uh, we'll do what we do and uh, talk about why we either well, what what's what's going for sushi mean to everybody, I guess. Mm. Carla, you want to fire yeah. it off? You want to start sure. us off? Nice. I um I really only got into sushi in Vancouver because mm-hmm. it was around that kind of time. It was like two thousand and six, maybe. So like I don't think it had hit Calgary yet. Um, and when I lived in the UK, which was from like 2008, they did not have like sushi wasn't super big there either. Oh. Um, so I, every time I came back to Vancouver, I would just eat a ton of sushi. Um, mm-hmm. And tonight I had my first Calgary takeout sushi <laughs> since I moved here. <laughs> what did you think? Uh, I want to go back to Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't good. What do you mean? Well, who knows? You know, you didn't rally your boat. (laughs) You never know. Like you don't. Like it's hard when you're doing takeout, anyways. So it's probably just. It's probably just me. It's probably you know. (laughs) Who knows? I got to go to a proper sushi restaurant. Yeah, there's a pretty good one here. There's. It's called Show, and Mm. um, they fly their fish in every day. Oh wow! So it's really fresh and Mm -hmm. um like really just like super dynamite chefs there and they make it all in front of you and they Ooh. greet you when you walk in which is always my fave <laughs> and uh yeah i go there all the time it's a uh, it's a big thing i my my family is from hawaii so i kind of grew up eating lots of sushi and raw fish and poke and um wow i yeah. didn't know that about you Brittany. really <laughs> 
Yeah. My, what? You're Hawaiian. I'm not Hawaiian. No, my your family. Yeah, so they're like really cool, and they all live over there. And、um, yeah, so I had a pretty early experience、uh, growing up、uh, eating sushi and ramen and poke and stuff like that. So when we started finally getting like good sushi places in Calgary, I was pretty pumped because I was like,、mm. "Oh man, this is yeah, this is how Miami makes it's good. <laughs> it's not gross grocery store sushi. <laughs> yeah, or worse, Seven Eleven sushi. Stay away from that. Although in Hawaii you can get、um, it's like it's like not really sushi, but it's yeah, it's.、Um, Oh my God! What's that? Spam? You know? Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. Spam yeah. sushi, dude. Spam sushi. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It's like it should be disgusting, and they、mm. legit just sell it at corner stores like Seven Eleven. Yeah.、Mm. And you're just like,、uh, it's called musubi.、Oh, yeah.、Okay. So you're just like forty three musubis, please. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, you're gross. I don't know why. It's like maybe it's like really hot there. And、yeah. then like you swim, and then, and then like okay, I need some good protein. Yeah. And then yeah. The... And then you go to Seven Eleven, and instead yeah, yeah. of like chicken fingers out of the hot case, you get spam, <laughs> yeah, spam, musubi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What um? What is? I guess I. What is sushi for you, Yumi? Is it like? Is it one of your favorite things? Are you sick of hearing about it? Did you grow up eating it? Um. It's like I didn't. It's my favorite thing, right now. Yes. Yeah,、That's、but it's kind of funny because like, I think it became my my thing, same as Carlar. Like, after I moved to Vancouver. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's funny. I feel like fish is fresher in Vancouver than in Japan. Like maybe like. Saitama Prefecture, where I grew up, because Saitama doesn't have ocean around it. Oh right, yeah. So, so you're landlocked there too, like Calgary. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. So you're not getting like the freshest stuff coming in. Hmm. Yeah, that's all. Um, my friend、uh, has been working in Japan quite a bit, and she was telling me that it's just like. She she can't believe how cheap it is to eat sushi in Japan and how good it is. So she's just been like, she's like, I can't stop. I've gained so much weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,、so、I think it's the rice part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's you、colored. guys. I did I did a little looking into it to see if it's good or if it's bad for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you want to hear about it? Interesting. I do. Uh, it's uh. It's just as good as it is bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a tricky one. <laughs> it is a bit of a tricky one. It's uh, <laughs> it's like it. The rice is so high in carbs、mm-hmm. that it and it's like white. If you make it like you know like traditional sushi, it white rice. So、mm-hmm. it's like so starchy and so carby, and、mm-hmm. then、um, soy sauce has so much salt in it. But if you weigh that with、uh, The protein from the fish and the freshness of the fish, and potential vegetables that are going to be in your place、uh, plate and smaller portions, then I guess it'll be good for you. But right, that, it's、yeah. <laughs> it's it's like here's the problem: when I order sushi, I'm just like, give me everything you have. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you panic, you panic. You don't want you don't want to get too little, and、yeah. then you got to wait and reorder, and then yeah. I feel、right. I feel the same. Oh, so you, you kind of like you ordered at once. Yeah, which is not what you're supposed to do, but I'm I'm always guilty for that. So what's the proper way? You're kind of supposed to just order a little bit at at a time and keep it coming. Yeah, actually, it is like you are supposed to order like when you go to like a proper sushi bar, you order like one by one. So like when you order like tuna sushi, yeah. They will make tuna sushi, and then they serve it, and you eat it, and order order another one. Right. Yeah. That's why I'm getting filthy looks when I order eighty four things at once. <laughs> <laughs> I always like I've gone to the same place for for years, and the people that come over are always just like, "What? Okay, this is ninety dollars. <laughs> You're one person." 
love fish. it. It's mm. my god. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's also not one of those things you can like really take home and save for the next couple days. No, if you're really only supposed to be so ordering good. it like one by one, the freshness is like pretty important. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And there's there's like there's quite a lot of tradition around eating it, which is pretty cool. I like that a lot. That like mm-hmm. plays into the reasons why we like it so much. So I was like sort of looking into like why do we like it and crave it so much. A lot of it has to do with like eating together that's like a big thing like it's kind of a shared experience so like Mm -hmm. there's like a psychological Mm -hmm. component where we're like let's all go do this together you know Uh, Mm -hmm. another thing is is it's just like really fresh uh typically or it should be uh the experience (laughs) of it being really fresh is something our brain craves because we're like and that's why it like is a little bit deceptive as to why we think it's really healthy because we're like look how fresh (laughs) (laughs) and then you're just like how did i gain so much weight um but yeah, do you have any fun facts about sushi for us, uh, Yumi? Yeah, I do. Okay, yeah. the first fun fact is like, so in Japan, we did a, an experiment for t- for a TV show. Not not that I, I did, but there was a TV show. Yeah. So like they um, watched like master sushi chef make a sushi. And every single time he can grab the the exact same number of rice like Whoa. as grain oh. like the, so like, like the exact same amount of kernels every single time yes wow oh my god isn't it crazy that's but crazy like, counting them is also hilarious but <laughs> 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 yeah it's also can you just like picture like whose job it is to like just count and make sure that that happens yeah, yeah. probably assistant director yeah that's the, that's the unpaid intern it's <laughs> <laughs> just like somebody's nephew for sure that they were like i'll give you 10 bucks <laughs> to count all these rice kernels <laughs> yeah oh that's yeah. pretty cool that's good that's pretty cool and okay so and then in japan this is like so more about rice but like it is said every grain of rice has seven gods. Oh. oh. It's kind of spiritual. And when you ask what are the seven gods, I tell you most Japanese people can't answer. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're just like, it's no, just exactly. godly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like something like seven do you know any of them? I know, I know five of no four of them for sure. So first one is like uh, it's called Ebisten. It's like fisherman god, and next one is called Daikokuten. Is a god for agriculture, and third one is called Bishamonten. Is a god for war, like oh. fighting. And uh, fourth one, okay, I know this for sure. This is the only female god. Ooh, and she is called Benzaiten. She's for music. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, all I know for sure. But I don't know the other three. So that's you pretty guys cool, have though. To it. <laughs> I like that the female god is the one for music. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty because cool. Because female are creative. Feels like creative, and we're mm-hmm. smarter, and we're <laughs> <laughs> talented. Yeah, we get into less lawsuits. Yeah, <laughs> Yumi plays the uh, ukulele, Carla. Oh, amazing! Yeah, yes. she's really good. Oh, That's thank so you. Cool. You're yeah, uh, you're channeling the female god of music. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's you should so make cool. merch with her on it, unless that would be disrespectful. I don't know, but oh, you know what? I think that would, would be funny because there is like so many ways to interpret the the meaning of the god or the image of the god, and then like maybe like I can put my face and yeah, think <laughs> what I think she might look and then. That's original. That is yeah. original. I think yeah. that would be cool. Mm-hmm. I want 50% of the profit, Yumi. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> because you came up with the idea. <laughs> it's only fair. It's only fair. That's, all, that's how, yeah, that's how contracts work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's wicked. Um, That's fact number two. Do you have a third fact? Oh, yes. Uh, so, um, I would say the most well-known sushi is tuna. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know why oh, I like... said it so breathy like that, but I just... <laughs> I, I just good. had tuna sushi. Like, I just had, like, red tuna sashimi, and mm. I just was, like... I was just recalling it in my mouth, and I didn't mean for it to sound like that <laughs> in everyone's ears. <laughs> so, like, uh, so, like, basically in, in, you know, like, in Vancouver, when you order oh, can I have some tuna? And then they will give you tuna. But in Japan, you have to be more precise because we have three different kinds of tuna tart. Oh. Yeah, one first one is called akami. Akami is the red tuna, leaner, yeah. like, part. Okay. And then, and then the second one is called otoro. Otoro is the fattiest portion under like under part of that the fish and it's like so fatty almost to the point of falling apart and can literally melt in your mouth wow see that sounds so dreamy that sounds so good it's my favorite (laughs) can you say it again or otozo otoro so o-t-o-r-o yeah well i wonder if i can get that at the place now i'm gonna write it down and like yeah you should demand Um, it meaning (laughs) so toro means fatty tuna but like o means big oh okay so anything with like an o on the end means like bigger oh that's all at the beginning oh okay yeah means big yeah like it's uh Fattiest part, and the second, oh, the third one is called chutoro. Chu means like middle, so basically it's somewhere between the akami and otoro. Okay, oh, okay, right. mm. I I don't think I've had the luxury of trying the otoro. I now I'm like obsessed with it because you know, like sometimes when you get like pork belly, like mm. how fatty and melty it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just picturing those them. things are so addicting. <laughs> they are. They're like I was like looking up too, like the reason too why fish is so like and especially raw before you cook it, why it's so good is because um fish don't really have tough muscles in their bodies. Right. Like the way That's that true. land animals do. So you're never getting like an overworked, really tough meat that you have to like soften, you know, like sometimes with beef you have to like uh, really soften it and like mm-hmm. soak it and all this kind of stuff like with fish it's just already like that you just cut it properly and serve it and chill it and mm-hmm. it's just good like that so I was like interested to find that out I um I have a bit of a tuna fact actually <laughs> it doesn't your tuna fact <laughs> it's all about tuna today all about tuna. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so apparently the most expensive fish ever sold was uh-huh. for 3.1 million dollars or a 278 kilogram, so that's 612 pounds, bluefin oh. tuna in 2019. And I saw a picture of it, and this thing is like the size of a table. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. 3.1 million dollars. million dollars. Yeah. Million dollars. And how big in kilogram again? It was um, 278 kilograms. Oh my god. So what? that's like 500 pounds. Yeah, oh six hundred pounds. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's so big. And I think it was to a guy who is this I think he was a sushi chef, maybe. Mm. Um, or some kind of tycoon. So I'm guessing he went on to use that hopefully in sushi. And I'm sure charged four million dollars for a tiny oh piece of it. God. But yeah. What's your guys' favorite what is your favorite sushi dish? Like you go, it's your favorite thing you're not leaving without ordering. Toro. Okay, yeah. I can't skip toro. I would do a spicy tuna fish. Or spice, sorry. Spicy tuna roll. Spicy tuna mm. roll. 
Yeah, I like. Um, I think I. I think my favorite is probably like just, well, either tuna or salmon sashimi, or I'm a sucker for like. I love every roll and everything like that, but some mm-hmm. of the side dishes, which I know isn't like technically sushi, but like agadashi mm-hmm. tofu or like. Mm. Or like you know, sometimes you get pork buns at these places. Oh, I don't know. It's edamame I, again. Like that's a side edamame, thing. I yeah. love that edamame. so much. I like to start with miso soup. Like mm-hmm. I like. Uh, I don't think I ever go without ordering a miso soup. Mm-hmm. I did right, that like the- edamame and beer is the most seen pairing in Japan. <laughs> really, in really? Yeah. Yes, it's we like do peanuts that. and beer here. What? It's like peanut, like that's like peanuts and beer. Here. Oh yes, yes. Although I, like, well, I would say edamame beer here. I don't know, like that's, that's that all the time. <laughs> yeah. I no, was gonna no, say you guys. I mean, not you guys, but like when I go to bars, yeah. Sometimes like they have like peanuts in a bowl. Yeah, yeah. Like, but then like I don't know if I can eat it because like I don't know. It, who is that for yeah and also like i think that's gonna die a death after like from covid there's no way we're allowed to just have like open bowls of yeah there's no way there's stuff. just open bowls of food anymore that is just like <laughs> stick your hands in here and see how if you can touch every single one before you get tears yeah <laughs> i'm also allergic to peanuts so i love oh, that yeah, that was my it. example i'm deathly allergic to peanuts oh shit this is the part of the podcast where Carla enlightens us with a history story. Yeah. Nice. Carla. All right. I'm going to talk about sushi and the effects of World War II on it. So, very exciting. But actually, what it means is basically how we got to the sushi that we know now. So, during the war, uh, the last two years of World War II, so 1943 to 45, food production declined in Japan by 26% because, obviously, they're at war. They're going to prioritize fertilizer and tools towards the war effort. Mm-hmm. And um, at the beginning of the war, people that were living in provincial towns weren't as badly hit by the rations that they put out. So... Yumi, I guess if you're, I don't know if your parents, grandparents, great-grandparents would have been in Tokyo, they would have had specific mm-hmm. rations versus like the provincial town people would have had a little bit of their own, their like their food that they were growing plus mm-hmm. the rations. So, but then the Allies started bombing everybody mm-hmm. in 1944, so that didn't really work anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting, and I didn't know this, because this, uh, this happened in the UK as well. They evacuated 1.3 million children um, out to the countryside mm-hmm. because they were trying to feed them better, which is obviously then didn't work very well. And then mm-hmm. many sushi restaurants at the time had been forced to close during the war because of rice rationing. And then even after the war, they weren't mm-hmm. able to obtain enough rice to reopen their restaurant. And also some other weird things happened. So after the war, <laughs> Japan... Uh, had a bunch of rice-producing colonies in Korea and Taiwan, which I did not know. Mm -hmm. Um, But they were liberated at the end of the war, so then Japan only had basically their own yields to depend on for Mm -hmm. rice-producing. So production went down by like two-thirds. Oh, yeah. And then also, of course, as is the law of whatever, um, there was poor weather in 1944 and 45, which led to mediocre harvests. And then also because these colonies uh, were freed, they had about 8 million expats that came back to Japan. So not only did they have, like, less production, they had more mouths to feed. Wow. About half of the city of Tokyo was burned down during World War II. So. Holy smokes. Yeah. And then came in the Americans. (laughs) (laughs) bloody americans every time you hear that yeah every time you hear the americans in a historical story you're like oh man that or the british Mm -hmm. you're like oh good someone's something's going bad so they were occupied by the american forces led by general douglas macarthur um and they decided to keep the rationing program Mm -hmm. going post-war uh, but it did not go very well. And like people in Tokyo, some of them only um, got 70% of their allocated rations. And I think it was something like 
this was like 1700 calories a day which mm. i'm a bigger girl so like that's <laughs> That's like me on a good, like a really good day. Like just for reference, there's 1,700 <laughs> calories in this bottle of sake I'm drinking. <laughs> 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 so yeah, they probably weren't getting their, that anything fancy. There's no, you know. Um, and so and here's the other thing that they did that was super fun. So mm-hmm. because they weren't having enough rice being made, they the Americans sent grain over. Mm-hmm. But this is somewhat complicated by the fact that they were trying to discourage communism in both Korea and Japan. And so oh. they would split these um, this aid in between the two, in between Korea and Japan. And if Korea was getting a little too like communist stirring, they would get more aid mm-hmm. than Japan, which is mm. messed up. Also, they were doing it because... They were trying to divest the excess wheat that they had in America to the mm. foreign markets so that they could increase the profits on wheat in America. Oh, typical Whoa. Americans. Yeah. <laughs> so they even like, like, hey, look at us pretending to do everyone a favor. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And in 1947, they started doing school lunches for Japanese children, providing them with a bread roll and a glass of milk. So I don't know, Yumi, is that a normal uh, school lunch in Japan? Yeah, very like, uh, yeah, I can picture that. I mean, like I didn't get to drink the the milk in the glass bottle. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but like I think the my parents' generation and my grandparents' generation, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, that was, yeah. They used to my... deliver milk here in bags. <laughs> what? Oh, is it the milkman? Yeah, there was like mm. that. There used to be milkman, and you had like a milk slot in your yeah. house, and they would drop off like it used to be glass bottles, but then I think kind of in the eighties it went to being like bags of milk, and people would get mm. like my parents never did, but I remember my one of my girlfriend's houses, her parents had. Uh, a milk slot and the milkman would come and drop off bags of milk yeah we had the milk slot but we didn't get that but we had the little because you, you had to then buy a container to put the milk in that right. like held the plastic bag it was mm-hmm. a very weird thing and i, I think it might be very much i don't know if it's a no it sounds magical you get, <laughs> uh, you get like, your milk delivered yeah yeah, that actually yeah, sounds okay. so like. I mean, it is something that a lot of people like. Drink. I'm not a super milk drinker. We always mm. have cream for my coffee, right. right? But I don't drink. Do you guys drink a lot of milk in a day? I have it in my coffee, and Andy drinks a ton in his tea. So right, I'm that boring person who drinks like almond milk and oat milk. <laughs> Dude, almond milk is pretty good though too. Like yeah. almond yeah, milk, it's not tasty. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so as a result of all this um, rationing and lack of things, um, they actually started to make a black, they created a black market that thrived using American wheat to make mm-hmm. ramen. So, like, mm-hmm. this is how it kind of affected a lot of the different foods. And then, thankfully, occupation of Japan ended, and this is way later than I thought it was going to be, April 28th, 1952. Oh, wow. So, like, seven years. So, how does this, and what does this have to do with sushi? Uh So, the GHQ, which was the Supreme Commander for the Allied Powers, which was, which sounds very fancy, Uh um, and that was the General Douglas MacArthur. So, they approved certain businesses to sell food right after the war. Uh Um, And I believe, and I've read a couple different things, but there was generally a ban on restaurants or takeout and so that basically meant that sushi was non-existent for two years post-war. There was a ban on fishing in the open sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some question as to why this was done. But I mean, kind of what we heard already is that America is really trying to switch the population from um, rice-based dishes to bread-based fish- dishes. Uh, so they were really trying to like cut down on japan wanting sushi which i don't that's america um Mm -hmm. but ex-sushi uh chefs actually started applying for river fishing rights because you were allowed to do that even Mm -hmm. though river fish was not as popular Mm -hmm. uh so there was still this like kind of underground sushi thing going on 
and the American government said, um, okay, well, you can, you can serve sushi, mm-hmm. but you can't serve rice because that was what made it a restaurant. What? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you can serve fish, but you cannot serve rice with that fish. Yes. So what would happen, and this is what they call the consignment process, mm. for a small fee, if you brought in your own rice, the store would give you and make you a set of um, sushi. No way. That's yeah. so funny. <laughs> really? Your own rice? So yeah. You just like dropped your own rice off there. You ordered the milkman to bring you a bag of milk. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. But creative though. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. And like it was, I think originally before this, it was very much kind of like a a street food like it, it, if you think about it, it is pretty like easy to be able to sit like to to go with sushi mm. um if you're not dumping it in you know so he's off and was and doing all the things we do now um so they didn't have to sit down but basically mm. what it would be was because your you had your own rice ration mm. so you would be able to provide the restaurants with this mm. and they really they they we're really trying to push the American forces and, and say like, ex, you know, sushi is extremely important to Japanese culture. So that's one of the reasons that they kind of let them do this. But the thing that it kind of ended up causing and is true to today um, mm-hmm. is that it created standardized sizing. So you would bring in, you could bring in one cup of rice and it would mm-hmm. make 10 pieces of sushi, Aww. seven nigiri and three piece thin roll. Dude, and this is where the sushi kernel counting came from. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Although I would assume they had to bring it cooked. That's just my assumption. Right. And it was so successful in Tokyo that they expanded this to the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and though there was regional types of sushi, this process kind of led to nigiri being like the more predominant form of sushi. But pre-war, a single piece of nigiri was basically the size of your rear palm. So it's three times longer, larger than what we have now. Right. And so, yeah, now it's it's smaller. And that's and how. That's why. That's America. why. And the war. <laughs> the war. And the war. Wow. Good one, Carla. Yeah. That's <laughs> very, very educational. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just... true. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Wow. And I, I, just, guess, yeah. I don't really know anything about um, mm-hmm. post-war Japan, or let's be honest, too much of pre-war Japan. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was, yeah. I was surprised. My, yeah, yeah. Ground. So, like my ancestors, my and my grandparents, mm-hmm. they lived in Japan. Well, my grandparents still do. Right. No, I'm like I, I meant to say Tokyo. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and then, like, my grandma, Fumiko, she's um, 19 years old now. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, she told me that, yeah, she did have to evacuate mm. during the war and told to go to uh, the other prefecture. Right. And then take care of, like... um kids like like babysitter oh babysitter. only she had to go and babysit younger kids yeah yeah but when she's still obviously a child right uh, yeah, yeah i was gonna say how old do you think she was yeah i th- wait so like sorry i'm japanese but i can't do math <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like 90 minus uh, 20, um, yeah what 40. what year was the work uh, 1940, let's say 40, let's say 40, 40 yeah. so six, it's been 80 years, so she would have been, like, 10. Yeah, that oh sounds right, yeah, so, like, basically, she's, like, only 10, but she was told to take care of the, the like, even younger kids, oh, wow. and oh, then okay. she told me the story, like, she was, like, um, carrying all her stuff with, like, wheel, like, cart, Oh. She had to walk for like long, long hours, and she got there, and she didn't like any of the kids, <laughs> so <laughs> she fair, said, yeah. "Fuck that shit." <laughs> <laughs> she decided 
to <laughs> like refuse to be a babysitter for them. Yeah. And apparently she went back to Tokyo by herself. Oh, wow. Ten crazy. years old? Yeah. Wow, so she's a bit of a badass. She is a badass. Oh my god, now You're when cool. like kids don't make their beds, that's why grandmas <laughs> are like, I'll whoop your ass. <laughs> you know, I I went to another city, decided I didn't want to be there, and then I walked back on my tenth birthday. Yeah. So you don't don't whine to me about your Xbox time. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's badass. What was your grandma's mm-hmm. name again? Humiko. If you M I K O, wait, K O, K O. Beautiful name. Oh, yeah. yeah, like okay. Humi means literature, huh. and Ko means child. So it means literature child. Yeah. So I guess she's fluent in literature. <laughs> I suppose. What. What does Yumi mean? Does Yumi have a meaning? Yes, it does. Uh, you means like um, helping humanity. Oh. And then me means beautiful. Oh, oh that's beautiful. Yeah. Brittany, uh, what does your name mean? Oh, my name means uh, it was 1993 in Calgary, Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually 1986. It was the year was 1986, and my parents were like, what's trending? <laughs> my, my, the, our names are Brittany, Christopher, and Chelsea, so we're all like pretty ni- pretty 90s. Yeah, pretty oh. 90s. Uh, North oh, they kind of missed out there. They did a C... A B and then a C. CBC. Yeah, right. You were predicting Whoa. your future, Brittany. They predicted my future. Or manifested your future. They're like, I bet you're going to blow it on the debaters. I'm like, I will. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, we, we did the debaters and it, we it was covid so it's like typically like all these experiences are just like you get to like go in and it's such a fun party and everybody's like hanging out mm-hmm. and this one was a weird one hey yumi like you had to like yeah, go in and weird. exit the building immediately oh, right. yeah yeah like we we didn't get to like stay and listen to like other debaters oh. yeah yeah, just because there was like Which the was very sad. Yeah, yeah, it was a little bit sad because everybody wanted. I usually like want to hear all your friends like see how they do and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for I stunk out the joints. So I was like, oh, the a little amount of people that heard me, the better. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, you guys, it's that time of the podcast where we move on to the thing that matters most, and that is the alcohol. No, you missed Ooh. the news story. Oh yeah, I don't have one. Oh, I, okay. Uh, I did do a BuzzFeed quiz, Carla. Oh. Um, and it was uh, <laughs> it was design your sushi, and we'll guess how old you are. <laughs> oh. That's uh, so funny. <laughs> did it get it right? It's, they they pegged me at 29. I'm 35. So apparently I'm oh. a very young sushi picker. You <laughs> <laughs> oh, have very, yeah, new. Does one of you want to do the quiz taste. and see what you end up with? I want to. Okay, hold on. Buzzfeed. Okay, I, I love that. Yeah. First things first. What's gonna go on the outside? White rice, brown rice, black rice, soy paper, cucumber, or nori? Ooh, I would go for black rice. Okay. Ooh, fancy. Black rice. Okay. Would you like to add any of these fillings? Imitation mm-hmm. crab, tofu, mm-hmm. octopus, tuna, or lobster? You get to pick one. Lobster. Okay, lobster. Okay, and then they're going to offer you these as well. What about these? Salmon, tempura shrimp, beef, eel, or scallop? Scallop. Okay, scallop. Can I interest you in any of these? <laughs> Yellowtail, sea urchin, egg, baked salmon, or spicy tuna? Sea urchin. Oh, yeah, sea urchin. Um, do you want any veggie fillings? Avocado, cucumber, asparagus, jalapeno, or carrot? What's the last one again? 
carrot. Oh no. Um, <laughs> I second that. I also I third that. Oh, it's either jalapeno or asparagus. I think I would go for asparagus. I think I'd go asparagus too. Mm. Okay. Would you like to add a second veggie? <laughs> mm. uh, so you can pick another one of those. Or you could uh, say no thanks. Ooh, you know what? Jalapeno, please. Okay, you got it. Add cream cheese? Question mark. Yes, please, or no thanks? Uh, 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 mm, yes, please. Okay. <laughs> Finally, pick a topping. Uh, tobiko, avocado, tempura, fish, or spicy mayo? Mm, tobiko. Mm, that's what I picked, too. Mm. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> you got 45. <laughs> <laughs> you you got know what? That's pretty good because I'm 43. That's pretty close. Yeah, that's accurate. Pretty accurate. You've got yeah. a mature palate, and you have the perfect sushi roll down to a science. You know what you like, and there's nothing wrong with that, says BuzzFeed. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they describe us mature palate <laughs> yeah it's yeah a nice but one. like that's yeah. what i think i have too can All we right. go back with with black rice um just like black it, it's just black it's like a different rice right yeah oh, okay i don't know what it is either it's just like I, I don't i don't think it's it just a coloring healthy. like it's how the green is it's a different yeah. green. got it okay yeah. okay carla did you want to try sure Pick your outside. White rice, brown rice, black rice, soy paper, cucumber, or nori? Uh, brown rice. Okay, interesting. Uh, would you like to add any of these fillings? Imitation crab, tofu, octopus, tuna, or lobster? Let's go with tuna. Mm. What about these? <laughs> Salmon, tempura shrimp, beef. Uh, it looks like beef tataki as well. Um, uh, eel or scallop? I'll go with eel. Okay. Can I interest you in any of these? Yellowtail, sea urchin, egg, baked salmon, or spicy tuna? Spicy tuna. Got it. Also, don't like eggs. I have not been able to get into the egg thing. Oh, I like. Yeah, I like egg. I'm a. But if you don't like, if, sometimes if you don't cook the egg and you can mix up the. Uh, yolk, and then you dip the, like a beef tataki in like an egg. Ooh, oh. you are making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kyla, do you want any of these veggie fillings? Avocado, cucumber, asparagus, jalapeno, carrot? Mm. Avocado. Okay. Which apparently, fact, fact, is known as, hold on, it is known as tuna of the land in Japan. Ooh. Mm. Nature's butter. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly Isn't so I love an avocado. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. you get to pick another one. You can say no thanks, or you can do cucumber, asparagus, jalapeno, or carrot. Uh, cucumber. Okay. Um, cream cheese, yes or no? Yes. Finally. Who says no to cream cheese? I know. It's the greatest thing ever. It's you can put it with <laughs> everything. <laughs> It tastes so good. You know what I've been doing? I've been making hash browns and then just putting a dollop of cream cheese oh. on them. And I'm not ashamed of myself. That'd be very good. Oh my gosh. It's so yummy. All right. So okay. good. For on top, tobiko, avocado, tempura, fish, or spicy mayo? Spicy mayo. Nice. Mm. Okay. You got 16. You're at the point <laughs> of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You're at the point of your life where you're still figuring things out. That's very true. <laughs> you have tried and true, you have tried and true favorite sushi rolls, but you're also open to reach branching out and trying new things and sushi fillings uh, you've never enjoyed before. So you're 16, I'm 29, and Yumi is 45. Yeah, nice. and in real life, I'm 36. Right, I'm 35. Yeah, there we Yumi's go. 43. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, good. Really, yeah. Two for three. Yeah, that's not bad. I really like that. <laughs> I, I'm a sucker for those BuzzFeed quizzes. I was oh, like, is this newsworthy? I believe it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, you wanna you wanna talk about uh the the life pairing, the alcohol, the reason we do this. Uh sake. Yay. 
So I'll give you a little description of what sake is. It's a traditional Japanese alcohol made from fermented rice. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe give me a little help with the pronunciation. You mean known as mm-hmm. no? How do you say sake in 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 Japanese? Oh, you are trying to say no sake. Oh, N I H O N S H U. Nihonshu. 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 Yes. Which literally translates to Japanese liquor. Um, It is the country's national beverage and is commonly served during formal ceremonies, special events, and national holidays. It's typically poured from a tall bottle and it is drank from a small porcelain cup. Um, So there's quite a bit of history, but I'm interested to hear your facts, your sake facts. Okay, Brittany. Fast fact, like I hear in North America... Lots of people pronounce it as sake, like sake. Yeah. Right. Uh oh. But (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's that's how I'm saying it. Uh huh. (laughs) Um, to be more authentic, it's called sake. 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 So like very, it's like very short. Yeah. Sake. And it's okay. more like ke, not ki. Right. Oh, oh, that makes more sense to me. Ke, yeah. not ki. And okay. then a hard, kind of a sharper ending on the E. Yeah. Sake. Mm-hmm. Ooh, next time I order it like that, I'm going to sound like a pro. Yeah, you sound <laughs> like authentic Japanese person. Yeah, or you sound yeah. like a dick. One of the two. Yeah, they're, gonna be <laughs> they're like, just call it sake. We know what you meant. You don't gotta fucking try saying that. <laughs> it's like when people when people say uh, when they order um, uh, pho, but they say fa, and and everyone's like, we all know it's fa, but or they so say... everyone blows it and says it wrong. So just jump on board. Or right. Barcelona instead of Barcelona. What do they say? Barcelona. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, nope, nope. Everybody <laughs> bugs me for how I say, like, Hawaii, but I say it properly. Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, that's the, oh, I see. That's the um, proper way to say. Yeah, because there's the double I on the end, so it's Hawaii. Mm. But oh, it's like, mm. everybody's always like, nah. I'm like, well, you know what? I get made fun of there, too, for saying it wrong, so. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. Oh, and then fact number two. Fact number two. In Japan, when we say sake, that means generally alcohol. Okay. So we call it, so beer can be sake. Oh. Yeah, wine can be sake. Whiskey can be sake. It's, Oh. oh, so it's. It's kind of like how non just means bread. Right. Did you guys know that? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, non means bread and chai just means tea. Oh, I didn't know that. That makes sense. Yeah, so we're basically like when you go non-bread, you're just being like, can I get some bread bread? (laughs) (laughs) That sounds great. That's what I want. I love bread bread and tea tea. (laughs) That's uh, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. So you could be like, "Oh, I'm just going out for some sake," which is like, yeah, I'm just yeah. going out for alcohol. I'm going like out to have some drink. drink. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So, what would you say if you wanted specifically this? Yes, if you specifically wanted to mean the one with fermented rice. Yeah. We call it. We call it nihonshu. Oh, you do say nihonshu. nihonshu. Okay. Yeah. And that's and that is the uh Japanese alcohol. Yeah. But yeah. when you say Japanese alcohol, yeah. Because like it's originally made in Japan versus yeah. I think uh you know whiskey can be like Scottish and wine can be Italian and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like Nihonshu means we we mean the fermented rice. Perfect. From yeah. Japan. Alcohol, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. That's awesome. And third fun fact <laughs> is that 
Brittany, please don't get mad at me by using <laughs> this. But did you guys know there are eleven different temperatures? Yes, hockey <laughs> can be served at. I can well, only like, think of like three, like hot, warm, and cold. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess that's not technical. And then, do you know the eleven different temperatures? I do not. Oh shit! Because me either. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go with very, very cold, very cold, cold. Yeah, chill. cold. Tempid, tempid, <laughs> warm. What are other words? Like lukewarm, lukewarm, yeah. uh, room temperature, burning hot. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's what I did because I like wasn't super sure of, and it's much like anything that you're not like super used to tasting. So I did buy, I did uh, buy a bottle for tonight. I drank mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. cool. And then I was like, mm, I'm not sure I love this. And then I put it in the fridge and I drank it cold. Oh. And I was like, interesting. And then I fired it into a glass and put it in the microwave. And I was like, still good. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to put it in I the microwave. I don't think that's how you're supposed to warm it. <laughs> no. Um, you put in um, the special bottle. Okay. And then you used um, already like boiled water. Yeah. And then you kind of like dip the bottle for like 10 to 15 minutes. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that seems a little more. Warm. Yeah. That seems a little better than my uh, microwave it in a coffee cup. Experiment. Yeah. But microwave is quicker. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's probably yeah. not. It probably didn't make it taste the best, but I I actually enjoyed it warm. Do you? Are you a? How do you like to drink it warm or? Cold? Oh, I'm hundred percent hot sake girl. Yeah, it's good like that, right? Yes. It tastes. I I, I felt like it was like I don't know. It's like sushi's already kind of cold. So if mm-hmm. we are gonna pair it with that, mm-hmm. like sushi's already pretty cold. So it's almost mm-hmm. nice to have something a little warmer. That's exactly what it is. Oh, what it's about the best pairing? It's a good pairing. <laughs> the hot, hot, yeah. hot sake, sake and cold sushi. Yeah. And what about uh, is the sake bomb something that happened here or happened in Japan and came here? Uh, it didn't happen in Japan. <laughs> sake it doesn't bomb. seem like a Japanese oh, because we don't like the. <laughs> it's so. It's not cool. That sounds not classy. Bomb. <laughs> My is cousin showed me. You take um you take sake and then you put it like in the smaller cup that it's like served in and right. then you put it on chopsticks and oh. then you drop it in something. So like what happens oh, is you put okay. the you put it on chopsticks on top of the glass, right? Mm-hmm. And then everybody slams on the table and goes sake 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 until until the chopsticks move apart and then this, it falls into the into whatever you're putting it in. What do you normally put it in? You put it in Red Bull. You could put it in. Oh, like that kind of thing. That sounds so fun, though. It is like pretty fun. I my cousins in Hawaii showed me, mm-hmm. and then they brought over bottle sake, and then just like had all the cups and everything special. And then I'm pretty sure we just put it in red solo cups after that, so we blew whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but you chant, you chant, and you hit the table really hard so that everybody's sake falls in their in their oh. drink. Wow, sake that bottle. sounds aggressive and fun <laughs> at the same like, time it's like yeah, it sounds like something you do when you're 20 like it's right. like a fun yeah. thing to do it's like yeah. a, it's like a red you know what a, a red bull bomb or whatever like a oh, drop uh, shot yeah now i can't think yeah. of red bull and what's red what red bull Oh, Jaeger bomb. Jaeger bomb. See, we're old guys. We can't remember. <laughs> Although I'm sure the kids don't drink that anymore. I'm sure there's some fancy like new cocaine and I don't know oh. soda water or something. I don't know. Cocaine and soda cocaine. water. I don't know what the kids do. Dude, you know what Coconut though? Water. I mean, say what you will about cocaine <laughs> and soda water. Great diet beverage. <laughs> no. If you're not hungry, there's not a lot of calories. Right. Um do you guys want to know sort of the origin of sake? Yes, please. Yeah. 
you got it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're going to laugh at the first sentence of this uh, paragraph. The exact origin of sake is unclear. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It never happens with our drink. (laughs) I like it. No, but only because in it. It it is honesty. It's like, you're like, look, we don't know. We're not going to lie to your face about it. (laughs) Uh, The exact origin of sake is unclear because it uh, predates recorded history. Uh, but the earliest known production of the drink today took place in China, actually roughly around 500 BC. The process Mm -hmm. was crude. Uh, Villagers would gather and chew rice and nuts, spitting the contents into a communal tub, which would then be stored and left to ferment. The enzymes in their saliva aided to the fermentation process. Um, what? Uh, I don't know. I like sake anymore. But that's not. <laughs> don't you worry your pretty little heads off. That's not how they make it now. <laughs> you know what's funny? Actually, I think um, sushi. Well, I don't think sushi also comes from China. Really? Yeah, originally, wow. like in a different form. But um, that's kind of where it started. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> We got to tell the truth here, Brittany. We're all about the truth bombs. Sake bombs. Sake bombs. And We're all about bombs. the sake bombs tonight. <laughs> um, yeah. Perhaps the best, uh, perhaps for the best, this method was soon abandoned after they discovered koji, uh, koji which is the koji. mold enzyme that could be added to the rice to begin the fermentation. So one thing uh, that a lot of people think about sake, especially in North America, is they think it's wine. They call it rice wine. It's right. not. It's a fermented drink. It's closer to beer than it is wine. Okay. <sighs> because it's fermented. Right. So, right. Um, another thing, too, that people would be interested to know is most of the rice cannot be used. And that's what the koji's for, is it 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 sort of withers away at the outside of the, gra- uh, the, the grain of rice. Mm-hmm. And uh, the smaller you get the grain of rice... Uh, determines the taste and then the kind of sake. Oh, oh I know of this. Um, smaller, the sweeter, right? Uh, yeah, like, and the, the more full, the more that's left on it, the mm. they described it as being breadier and yeastier. Mm. Oh. So it's almost because there's there's more of the, the rice grain left, you're tasting more of that um, ricey flavor, but the, the the closer you get to the inside of that kernel, Mm. or sorry that grain mm. that it's getting like sweeter and more it's it's better right like, yeah like a higher quality yeah like, higher quality consider to be yeah and and, and it's called like uh it, it's just like that it's like true the true rice uh grain is and so the truer it mm. gets to the grain then the, the higher quality it is and the lighter tasting it is mm. right also, uh, less hungover. Interesting. Well, also, like, with the way, like, it's really the the way it's fermented, it ferments quicker and there's more alcohol when there's less grain there. So the more the mold kind of takes away that grain, mm-hmm. the lighter it tastes, but also just, like, it's not as boozy tasting. Oh, okay. And some of the lower quality uh, sake, they add alcohol to it. Oh. Because mine's 15.5%, which is pretty high. It's really high. It is pretty high. (laughs) (laughs) Better not drink this whole thing. (laughs) Well, mine was, oh, mine 14.6. And uh, mine was 12.99. So I didn't think I was getting the best quality of anything. Oh, I got mine for 9.99. So. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> where did you get that from? That's from Co-op Liquor Store. Yeah, I got mine from nice. the Safeway Liquor Store. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they know the best. And the worst thing is, I like, I like went to the restaurant to pick up some sushi today, and then I was like, oh, I should like buy sake from the restaurants because they'll know what to give me, and like, I'll have like a better idea of what it is. Right. And then I was like, you know what? You don't know anything about it. You start where you start, newbie. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's like actually I, from North Vancouver. Oh, no. No, no, no. Sorry. Just imported. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it is from Japan, but then mm. imported through North Vancouver. Mine's imported yeah. through California for some yeah. reason. Um, mm. Yeah. But uh, 
so yeah, so it was uh, started like I said, it started off pretty crude, but then once they got that uh, that uh, koji enzyme, mm. they mm. Uh, everybody stopped spitting in a tub, which <laughs> pretty exciting for our COVID pro- protocol that we're all following now. Yeah, nice. although we did talk about bathtub gin many a, a couple episodes ago, and I'm sure there was probably a, a fair amount of slime. Oh, 100%. In there. If they were making gin in bathtubs, they were also bathing in those bathtubs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They really spit from somebody's mouth than butt tub fucking gin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Agreed. Bathtub gin. <laughs> so, sake production was initially a government monopoly until the 10th century, while temples and shrines started brewing their own. The temples would become the primary distillers of the drink for centuries, and by the 1300s, sake had become one of the most ceremonious beverages in Japan. So it wasn't really until the 1300s until it was like incorporated into society, and it became uh, sort of more of a ceremonious drink. Mm. And uh, yeah, so then then we can zip forward to the 20th century. Uh, Improvements in the brewing technology and equipment led to huge increases in the quality of production of sake. Steel tanks soon replaced traditional wooden barrels used to stew the sake, which were considered unsanitary and less durable. Around mm-hmm. this time, uh, it was account- sake accounted for about 30% of the country's entire tax revenue. Holy Whoa. shit. Wow. Um, 30%. I, I, I really wish for the listener's sake that I didn't respond to that like I was reading it for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> And like I had done this research earlier in the day, but yeah. Yeah. No, I like it. Like, yeah. It's a very genuine reaction. <laughs> uh, leading the government to ban home-brewed alcohol because it couldn't be taxed. It is still illegal to oh. home-brew in Japan without a license. So yeah. No yeah. way, really? Yeah. Well, you know what? Huh? A, lot of, a lot of things you're not really supposed to home-brew and sell. Oh, um, right. I guess you can't right. homebrew and sell here, too, either. But yeah. you can drink it for you your own it. joy. Yes. With, own. But generally from someone's bathtub half the time. I also <laughs> like, if anybody's ever like, hey, I made this wine this mm-hmm. year with a kit that I bought that I got for Christmas, say no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or re-gift it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Give it That's to a great idea. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, although that fewer that Although fewer than 2,000 sake breweries still exist in Japan, the drink has steadily grown in popularity overseas, with breweries Mm. opening up in North and South America, China, Southeast Asia, and Australia. Sake Day, traditionally a Japanese holiday held every year on October 1st, is now celebrated by brewers and enthusiasts worldwide. So there you go. There's a little little information on sake. Look, I don't know. I'm making the E longer now. (laughs) I put an accent on it on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I put the little tick above the E on that pronunciation. Oh my god, I love it. Uh, well, uh, yeah. this has been a pretty fun episode, Yumi. Yeah, I had no stuff. idea how educational this can be. Hey, it, we just make it educational so that we can get drunk every week and nobody questions us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is so great. <laughs> this is lots of fun. Um, is there anything for coming on? This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to promote or plug or anybody to listen to? Oh, um, hmm, okay. So, um, I am um, really I'm um, gonna work really hard on my YouTube channel. Yeah. So if you guys can follow me on YumiTube. Subscribe YumiTube, Y-U-M-I-T-U-B-E. Oh, that's pretty cool. I was there today. You are? Yeah, I went on. I went on YumiTube. I checked Aww. out. Your, I, I've seen your video before, but I rewatched it today just to just to see your face. Aww, Brittany. There's great <laughs> content on there, you guys. There's a uh, Yumi's got some really funny videos and some great stand up and um um some music stuff. It's pretty great. It's a pretty wide variety. Oh, thank you so much. name, too. I really love it. YumiTube. Yeah, it's like <laughs> suffer. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on. And um, to the listeners, thank you very much for listening every week. Uh, we love you for doing it. We do this every Thursday 
Uh, check out our website for more content and our Patreon uh, has uh, extra bonus episodes, all kinds of different stuff. Uh, head over there. I've got a little link tree going now. So if you Whoa. click on mm. any link Sassy. Pretty fancy <laughs> with the old free link tree. Um, oh, I'm going to interrupt you because I, I also finally have something to plug. Oh, yeah. Yay. Plug it, Carly. Plug it. Um, my new book is coming out for pre-sale this Friday. It's called Ooh. Sleep When You're Dead. It may be up for pre-sale right now because I may have screwed it up. But anyways, you can find it on Amazon. And oh, my gosh. Yeah, That's Carly's super a exciting. <laughs> It is exciting Wait, and very sleep. massively anxiety-inducing. <laughs> sleep when you're dead? Yeah. 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 Okay. Awesome. I will buy it because oh, thank you. it's it's like my thing. Because yeah. like I'm like Generation X. Like I play hard. <laughs> I work hard. And sleep when you're dead. Yeah. No? I sleep yeah. all the time, so it's a totally not a perfect uh, <laughs> <laughs> analogy. I definitely am not sleep. I will sleep when I'm dead, but I'm definitely sleeping a lot of times now. Love a nap. Oh, I love a nap too. <laughs> I looked after my nephew for two weeks, and then I just was like, "You guys, I'm tired." His parents were like, "Yeah, <laughs> we know. <laughs> <laughs> we're also tired." Yeah, but you guys, yeah. So definitely, um, thank you very much for listening. Please check out Carla's book. Head to Amazon. I'll link it in the link tree. So you can click on that through Amazon. You can click through our website. Uh, we'll get you there no matter what. Please, we'll link it in the uh, the description in the bio as well. Please uh, follow Yumi on YumiTube. Check out the yeah. link that, over there. We'll put that link up as well in the show notes. Yeah. And Great. just be safe out there. Uh, get vaccinated so we can all hang out. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's all the right. plan. So we can travel <laughs> soon. Again. Travel soon. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks, Bye. guys.